0: Very much. We're going to have um, another uh, gentleman come and join us now. John, would you mind coming up? Now, most everyone, most people here will know you, John, not everyone, but uh, John was pastor of Chesney Evangelical Church for how many years, shall I?
1: 22. Does that help? <laughs> 22.
0: 22 years. And then in your retirement, what did you go off and do?
1: Uh, I went to serve a church in Birmingham, uh, South Birmingham for... Um, Seven or eight years, and yeah, uh, I came back. And then you retired again. And I retired what, again. Then
0: what did you do when you retired again? Yeah, uh, came I back. came
1: here as interim pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: then, now you've retired again. I've retired for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing now? We're You're pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think John is a great example of just how um, g- how God uses Jaffer people. Boy, there Jaffer. you go. No, no, no. I think yeah. tonight I could honour you in your age. That's what I could do. But let me just read these wor- these verses. When I when I think of John, these these verses come to mind. This is from Psalm. Um, 92 at the end the righteous will flourish like a palm tree they will grow old like the cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord they will flourish in the courts of our God and they will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green <laughs> that's a good thing okay yeah. <laughs> proclaiming the lord is upright he is my rock and there is no wickedness in him and um, when i when i think of you that comes to my Thank mind. Thank you very much. So uh, John is going to be sharing with us from, from God's Word now, looking at the answer to this question. So I'm going to hand straight over to you. Okay. If that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it possible to have the lights down a bit for the PowerPoint? Yeah. Everything I'm doing tonight is on, is on PowerPoint, just to show that all people can handle technology. <laughs> Hopefully. I've always fancied doing the, um, the great St. Crispin's Day speech um, just before Agincourt to outdo Kenneth Branagh, but I uh, couldn't get a horse. So um, <laughs> we're, going to, uh, we're going to think about this a uh, bit of Shakespeare. Uh, who can tell me where the last scene of all comes from? Did you do it at uh, GCSE or A-level? Anyway, uh, we're going to look at that in a moment. I was asked to, to do this uh, evening by the ministry team, uh, I suspect because I will never again see my 74th birthday, um, but um, compared with Abraham and Mrs. Gunn, I do feel a little bit like a spring chicken, <laughs> so I'm feeling good tonight. And uh, I think they asked me to because I, I've moved into a complex for the elderly, um, <laughs> It's called Ski, Spending the Kid's Inheritance. (laughs) This is from, uh, as you like it, it's the seven ages of man, if you want to join in, if you know it, if you want to recite it by heart. Uh, Act one, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first, the infant, mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. And then the whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining, morning face creep, creeping like snail unwillingly to school. I was the only boy in the class who wore his braces outside his, um, his garments so that I wouldn't be inconvenienced if I urgently needed. <laughs> and then the lover... Sighing like Furnace, (laughs) with a woeful ballad made to his mistress's eyebrow. Oldham, 1967. And then a soldier full of strange oaths, and bearded like the pard, a jealous in honour, sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. And then the justice in fair round belly, With good cape and lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut. Full of wise saws and modern instances, and so he plays his part. That was the embarrassing moment that Cliff Richard came and Trevarcha saw a microphone and burst into song. (laughs) Singing congratulations. (laughs) How was it we were all going on a summer holiday? I can't remember. Act six, the six age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shrank, and his big manly voice turning again toward childish treble, pipes and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion sans teeth sans eyes sans taste sans everything that was a shakespeare i wasn't really at buckingham palace for that but that's that shakespeare's view of them um, old age the seven the seven ages of man The first sign of old age is when you hear snap crack and pop and it isn't in your cereal. (laughs) Old age is when you look forward to a dull evening. Or it's when you get out of the shower and you're glad the mirror is fogged up. It's when your back goes out more often than you do. I don't know why you're laughing, it's going to come to you all. I ran into an old classmate the other day and she has aged so much that she didn't recognize me. (laughs) Uh, Pastor Duff Marion Jones was shown a photograph of an old Chessington Evangelical Church football team and he said, of all the men on that picture, I would be the one he would be least likely to recognize because he's aging, obviously, (laughs) quite badly. Let's read from um, the Bible from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I Find this slightly amusing but also slightly intimidating. This is a, a a book in the Old Testament written by King Solomon. It's part of the wisdom section. Remember him that remember God before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes, and rain clouds continually darken your sky. I cry a lot. Remember him before your legs? The guards of your house start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding, and before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds and then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the caper berry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. It's quite a intimidating picture of old age, very realistic in many respects. What's scary about it? It's amazing, really, that we, we chose the one person in the whole of Chessington, Mrs. Gunn, who's not afraid of old age, so she's kind of spoiled the plot for my message. But there are people who are afraid of old age um, and the survey that we did obviously is a a clear example of that what's scary about it Well, we start to creak physically I have given up running for the bus it leaves earlier than it used to we're losing our dignity the hospital bed the Zimmer frame incontinence Two words that scare me about old age, to be honest, are double incontinence. I hope I pass from this world before anything like that happens. Dementia. I think people are scared of that, of those uh, quite debilitating indignities. I think, too, many of us are aware of our diminished cultural status. In some cultures, particularly in the Philippines I've been to, and Nepal and other places, old people are treated with great reverence and respect. I remember on a bus in the Philippines, a young man got on and he obviously saw his grandmother, and he came across and he knelt down and he touched her hand to his forehead as a gesture of recognition and reverence. A couple of days, the weekend after Brexit, when it was clear that a lot of elderly people had voted to leave the European Union, Giles Corran wrote this in The Times. The wrinklies stitched us uns up, good and proper, on Thursday. We should cut them off. Rewrite the franchise to start at 16 and end at 60 and do this thing all over again. And he wrote... I'm never giving up my seat on the train for an old person again. I think there's a sense uh, among many old people that uh, society is a bit embarrassed that we are using up so many resources. The rates have just gone up in Kingston upon Thames, mainly to take care of um, elderly people and their care needs. So there's a, we're aware of a, a diminished cultural Status, And we are nearer to death than ever before. I read this morning, uh, because of the emissions from diesel cars, that um, some of the big cities are going to try and be all-electric cars by 2040. And I thought, hmm, 2040? Don't think I'll make it. We're nearer to death than ever before. I'd like to die like my old dad, peacefully in his sleep and not screaming like his passengers. So we're, we're nearer we're nearer to death. A bit slow there, a bit nearer to death. Our age group is passing. Every time a famous celebrity dies, I check out their age. For a number of years now, when I've sung a hymn, and at the end it says, so-and-so, born 1712, died at 1742, I look and think, oh, I've got past him. Our age group is passing. The law of averages is against us. When I took my pension at the age of 65, the um, actuaries granted me um, a greater, a, a more generous pension because on medical grounds they didn't think I would be drawing my pension for very long, which was both encouraging and discouraging at the same time. We know that it's coming; death is coming sooner or later, and it's something we haven't tried before. I was um, looking at a, a YouTube video today of Billy Graham being interviewed. I think when he was ninety-seven, and he was saying that uh, he's not at all afraid of death, but uh, he, he's not really looking forward to the experience. And there is something in that 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 many people don't relish, um, that it's something we haven't tried before. So this is, um, I'm going to share with you a couple of passages that give me perspective and help me in my increasing old age to face the present and the future This is from the words of Jesus. It was the night before he went to the cross, the night before his crucifixion. His disciples are going to be bewildered and troubled as they see him being flogged and crucified. And he says this to them. It was during what what is now called the Last Supper. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way that I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father Except through me. I want to share with you just a few things from that passage that, that are great help and comfort to me personally. I, I trust that the Lord will bless you as you think about these things as well. I want to talk about the joy of being adopted. Jesus speaks about my Father's house. No one comes to the Father. By nature, every one of us is outside of God's family. Because of our self centeredness, because of the fact that we've broken God's law, we've lived um, rebelliously uh, as far as He's concerned. We have not sought His glory. We have lived uh, for ourselves mainly. And uh, we are, as um, uh, Eileen mentioned earlier, we are all of us under the wrath of God. We are judged as sinful. We are, as the Bible says, we are dead in our trespasses and sin we can't go into god's family unless he does something and what he's chosen to do is simply mind-blowing he's chosen in jesus christ to create a family over which he will be he is the father And he made a way of adopting billions of undeserving people like me into that family so that he he could be my father, although I don't deserve that, and I could be his son and you could be his daughter. And I can say tonight that as I enter more and more into my old age and come nearer to the time of my death, then I'm not alone. That's exactly what Eileen said. As she lives in her older age, she is not alone. I'm deeply loved By a father who will always make sure that we will never be parted. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Not even death itself can separate me from the love of God. So it's the joy, that's the thing that uh, encourages and strengthens me. The joy of being adopted, a new status in a great family with a loving father. It's one of the things that comes to me from John chapter 14. And then there's the brilliance of being rescued. I go to prepare a place for you, said Jesus. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. I'm the way to that place and the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The purpose of Jesus coming into the world was to make it possible for people like us to have a way back to God. There's only one way, and that's God's way. Don't believe those who say there are many ways to God. God says in the scriptures that there's only one way to Him, and that's in the person of Jesus Christ. And the whole thing here is captured in an amazing picture language God is put before us here as having a house with many rooms and it's possible to think of it in this way that the universe is but one room, one wonderful room in God's property portfolio, I think C.S. Lewis was getting at that in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe when he described a world, another universe through the back of the wardrobe that nobody suspected was there We don't know much about this. Sometimes it's called heaven. Sometimes it's called the new creation. Sometimes it's called the world to come. But here it's described as a big house with many rooms. And if you want to live eternally exploring these rooms, you have to be provided with a means of entrance. You have to take the only way that God has provided that gains access to His eternal house. We forfeited our right of access because of our sinful hearts and our sinful minds and our sinful actions. We forfeited our right of entrance. We have to be rescued from a path that leads away from God, that leads to separation from God eternally in the dark, in a place that the Bible calls hell, we have to be rescued from that path and brought into this path which is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ by personal faith. No one comes to the Father. No one gets to enter that house. No one gets to live in God's eternal future in glorious happiness unless they come by personal faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the, one of the great things Perhaps that's the main thing that encourages me in my old age is the brilliance of being rescued. The day after he said this, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross to create the way. He entered death. He experienced the judgment that we deserve. He rose from the grave. He ascended into heaven. He's made the way. He's the way. It's a new hope and a new destiny. And that brings me, of course, to the third thing, which is the comfort of having hope. Let not your hearts be troubled. The comfort of having hope. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. You see that this is implying... That, as, as, as Eileen Gunn said a few moments ago, the, the time that led to her being converted to, to be a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ was the realization that she could not earn salvation, that it was all a gracious gift of God to those who were willing to believe and trust themselves to Him. He has done this. We trust ourselves. To him. You believe in God. It's all a matter of belief and trust and, and confidence in what God has done. Believe also in me, says the Lord Jesus Christ. We face the future, therefore, as adopted children and as friends of the living God. Friends of God, rather than enemies of God. We can face death without a troubled heart because we can know him, the way, the truth, and the life. Let not your hearts be troubled so I don't know how many years I have left my mother died when she was 60 my father died when he was 58 my father in law died when he was 53 so statistically I don't have many days left I leave that in God's hands but I have this immense comfort The moment I close my eyes in death will be the moment I go to be where Jesus is. In my Father's house in many rooms, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. When you die, I will come and fetch you into my house. that where I am, there you may be also. I'd like to ask you, if you have that comfort, if this is your hope tonight. And the last the passage I'd like to just refer to, and it's the one that Ben read, uh, which was rather splendid, I thought. It's from Psalm 92. This is, uh, I remember preaching on this back in um, 1972 at the 60th wedding anniversary of a couple who lived in West Allotment in uh, Northumberland and they were, they'd lived a long time they, was, they were 60 and I preached this um, at their celebration in the little Methodist chapel at West Allotment Methodist Church I never thought that it would be a comfort to me in my old age the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon those may not be particularly spectacular to you but in the world of the Bible the palm tree and the the Lebanese cedars were amongst the most splendid of the trees they are planted in the house of the Lord they flourish in the courts of our God they still bear fruit in old age they are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright he's my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him I'd like you to look at the personal pronouns in this psalm. God is described as our God. He is my rock. He's upright and righteous. He's a father to be loved, but he's also a God to be respected and admired and appreciated and feared with the right kind of fear. There's a, and there's a place to belong planted in the house of the Lord. That, that's uh, pointing to the community of God's people. We're not, you're not alone in your old age when you were a believer in Christ because you have an honored father and a bunch of brothers and sisters. My wife was uh, down at the laundry in Arbrook Court uh, yesterday morning, and we have a, a splendid lady in, in, our, in our facility who's 102 years of age. She was nearly 40 when the Second World War broke out. 102, and uh, she was hanging around in the lobby, and Pauline had a chat with her. She said, I get so lonely here sometimes. And Eileen mentioned loneliness as one of the challenges of old age, but she has so many brothers and sisters, and she's so loved by the Christian family here. She is planted in the house of the Lord, in the place where God is worshipped, no matter how old and infirm you are you have a work to do. According to this you can bear the fruit of a godly life. As you grow old as a Christian you can mature in love, joy, patience, humility and those other attributes that the New Testament calls the fruit of the spirit. One of the one of the most challenging things that I ever read about old age is uh, was written I think by Don Carson I'm not sure but it's said that the older you get, the more your essence is distilled so that you become more—you become a more concentrated um, development of what you've always been. So if you're a slightly cranky, miserable person, the older you get, you become a more concentrated, cranky old person. If, you are, if you're a person who's been changed by the power of Jesus Christ, And you've begun to love and be patient and long-suffering and meek and humble. And the older you get, the more that is distilled. It becomes a beautiful thing. One of the first persons I visited when I came to Chessington was Sylvia Smith's mother. She'd had a stroke. She just basically sat in the house a lot. And she couldn't speak much. Basically, the only thing she could say with any confidence was, thank you, thank you. So you went to visit her, you read the scriptures, you prayed with her, she'd grip your hand, thank you. There was a sweetness, even in a time of incapacity. So you can have, you can have a, a work to do. You can, you can bear fruit for God no matter how old or infirm you are, you can still be spiritually full of life, full of sap, and very green. Isn't it evident with Mrs. Gunn that there is a life and a beauty in her that is from the work of the Holy Spirit? And you can have a purpose in life, Here it is, to declare that the Lord is upright. Your life's purpose is to glorify Him, not to exalt yourself. To stand your life on this rock, it's your life's meaning to magnify the Lord in the eyes of the world around you. The living God who revealed Himself to the world in Jesus Christ invites you to spend the rest of your life as a friend of His. Eternity in his presence by repentance and faith. In this psalm you find a father to honour, a place to belong, a work to do, a purpose to life, even in old age. One of my friends who's a Christian worker in London somewhere um, had an elderly father who lived in Chessington and uh, was experiencing dreadful, dreadful illness in his later months and days my friend went to visit his dad he talked to his dad for years about the Lord Jesus Uh, his mother had become a Christian but now he was talking to his dad who was near the end and he asked his father one simple question. Would you like to become friends with God? And his dad said, yes. I prayed together, and the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ entered that man, and he became a Christian at the very last. I don't want you to leave it to the end. My friend, if you're not yet a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, And you're here tonight because you're interested in this subject. It's such an important subject. I'd like to ask you, would you like to become friends with God tonight? Would you like to become a son or a daughter of God this evening? You you repent. You tell God you're sorry for living uh, so much of your life without Him neglecting him, maybe even defying him, denying him. So you repent of that. You say, I'm very sorry. I want to live a different kind of life. And then you put your faith in the only person who can provide access into God's eternal house. The person who died to take away your sin. The person who rose again so that you might have a new life in your heart and an eternal life in his presence and who went into the glory to prepare a place for all who would trust him and love him. The one who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So you tell God you're sorry for living a life in neglect of him, for the things you've done and said that you're ashamed of and you trust in Christ who died for you and rose again to make it possible for you to become friends with God. Would you like to do that this evening? Please uh, speak to me or the pastor if you'd like to talk with somebody and maybe pray with us. We'll be glad to help in any way we can. Let's uh, pray together. Father, it's clear from what's been said tonight that there is something really funny about old age and the jokes are plentiful. You can find them everywhere on the internet. And quite often we we make fun of the antics of elderly people and we see them crossing the road or trying to get on the bus. But there's something quite distressing about old age that uh, our powers and our faculties begin to diminish the things that we once did we can no longer do the things that we once enjoyed we can no longer enjoy but all oh, we thank you so much tonight for the example of Eileen Gunn and others we thank you for the comfort of the scriptures we thank you for the work and the and, and the life that we can still know in, in abundance in our old age. And for any who are here tonight who have not yet become friends with God, who have not yet experienced adoption into that family of which you are the Father, and please draw near, please encourage, please challenge, please speak, and please adopt more children into your family, even here and even now.